Last week we started talking about the biblical man and prayer. And again, every week we're talking about what the Bible says about a different subject. Uh, not a denomination, not a church, not a man, not a preacher. What the Bible says for us as followers of the New Testament, us as followers of Jesus Christ, about all these different subjects. Uh, last week we started talking about the biblical man and prayer. Uh, today we're going to continue on that. In fact, it looks like for at least two more weeks we'll continue to talk about prayer in the life of a man desiring to follow Jesus Christ. Seeing what the Bible says about prayer Uh, the biblical truth about prayer. There's a lot of misperceptions about prayer, a lot of goofy teachings about prayer. And so again, we're going to spend this week and at least two more weeks talking about what the Bible says about biblical prayer in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. A very quick review. Last week, uh, we talked about what prayer is not. We, We saw a few things. Prayer is not wishful thinking and sometimes we think, well, I'm not sure if anything comes of it, but I'm, I'm going to just cast this up into the atmosphere and see what happens. It's not wishful thinking. Uh, it's not sending positive thoughts or positive affirmations in anybody's direction. Sometimes somebody says something and people say, sending prayers. Uh, we're not sending positive thoughts or affirmations. That's not what prayer is. It's not a religious duty and it's not religious rhetoric that we just mindlessly speak. And sometimes we become so, uh, so I guess, engrossed in our religious practice that, that prayers just take on a rhetoric. Uh, we just say these words at this time. That's not what true prayer is. Uh, we talked about also that prayer is not a means of putting you in charge and making God do what it is that you want Him to do. Sometimes we act like, you know what, I need God to do this, and I I want God to do that. That's not what prayer is. It's not putting you in charge and treating God like some kind of genie in a bottle and forcing Him to act according to our will. We did see last week, the truth of it is, prayer is communication with God. It is us and, and He with us conversing with one another. Prayer is communication with God. And we talked about the hugeness of that last week. The creator God of all things, the sustainer, all-knowing, all-powerful God uh, encourages us, in fact, desires that we would converse with Him, that we would communicate through prayer. We saw God encourages it. He, He desires it. In fact, in the New Testament, He even commands it of his people, that we're to continually be in prayer, that we're to be a people of prayer. And so we saw what prayer is not. We saw what prayer is uh, communicating with God. And then last week we looked at the purpose of prayer. We saw last week there's not several purposes for prayer. There's not many purposes. There's really only one true purpose of prayer. And that purpose is for God's will to be done. You want to know why we pray? You want to know the purpose of prayer? It is that God's perfect will might be carried out. Not our will, but for God's will to be done. And we talked about it last week. You know what? That's what we need to happen. Uh, He knows everything. He's above everything. He's all-powerful. Again, all-knowing. But more than that, He is eternal in His love. Uh, He wants and desires the best for us. And so we want God's perfect will to be done, to be carried out. And so understand, prayer is the process, and this is what I wrote from last week, prayer is the process of seeking God's will and the wisdom and power to follow it. And very, that's a pretty good definition of what prayer is. 
It is the process of seeking God's will, but not just being able to hear it, uh, the wisdom to discern it and to know it, and the faith and the power to put it into practice, that His will might be carried out. So that is the purpose of prayer. Today we're going to continue on. Uh, We know what prayer is. It's communication with God. We know the purpose of prayer, uh, that His will be carried out. Uh, today we're going we're gonna to look at one question today, one thought today, and that is this. What is available to us in prayer? And I think sometimes we miss this or we, we neglect to see or to understand this, and so it impacts how we see prayer. Today, very simply, we're going to look at one thing. What is available to us in prayer or through prayer? Now, let me just tell you something. This is a big Thing. This is a huge thing. We need to get this. Here, here's the answer today. Listen to this. Available in prayer are all the resources of God. Do you understand that? All of the resources of God are available in prayer. Let me show you some verses. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. John chapter 14 Very interesting chapter. Jesus is about to ascend uh, after the crucifixion. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to go to heaven. He's really leaving some last instructions, some last thoughts for his disciples in John 14. He tells them the process, I believe, of death. He's going to come again and take us to a place. He talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit that's going to come in his absence. He also gives them some instruction in prayer. Jesus says this, John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Listen to this. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Listen to that again. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's verse 13. Verse 14 says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That's what Jesus says. He says, you know what? Um, I'm going to the cross. And after, after the cross, I'm going to be resurrected. And then I'm going to ascend to heaven. But you know what? Concerning prayer, whatever you ask in my name, so that my Father will be glorified, I will do exactly that. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Again, this is Jesus speaking as well. This is his Sermon on the Mount. He says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now let me just stop there for just a second. I used to read that and say, you know what? If you ask for something, you're not always going to get it. So this probably is talking about salvation. If you're seeking salvation, if you're asking for the salvation that we have through Christ, uh, that's going to be provided. I want to tell you, that is true, uh, but this verse is talking a whole lot more than about that. Listen to how it continues. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asked for a loaf, would give him a stone? You have a son, and your son comes up, and he's been doing something, and he's hungry, and he comes and says, Dad, I, I want something to eat. Could I have a loaf of bread? And you say, sure, son, and you hand your son a rock. Or if he asks for a fish, he would not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? Your son comes and he asks you for something and your desire is to say, you know what, I, I'm going to provide for my kid, I want to provide for my son, and if there's any way possible, I want to provide that for him. Corrupt, sinful, selfish, messed up people. And that's what we would do. How much more would our perfect father do through his son Jesus? He says if you ask in his name, he's going to do just that. Let me ask you this today. Those are the words of Jesus. Those are verses many of us have heard before. Let me ask you this today. Do we believe that? Do you believe that? Do I really believe that? Now, before you get too quick to answer, I think most of us would say, yes, we believe that. For sure we believe that. Let me tell you something. I don't think we believe that. Because if we did, I'll just tell you, we would be ate up with prayer. If we really believe that, we would be a people of prayer. We would be men of prayer. We would be churches of prayer. And something would pop up in the course of our life, and we'd say, what? we need to pray about that. Something would go wrong in the course of our life, and we would stop and we would pray about that. We would, we would need guidance in our life. I need direction in my life. And instead of going and seeking all the advice of men, we would spend time in prayer. Uh, as churches, we would get together, and you know what? We, we couldn't wait to come together and, and, and to pray together and to seek God's face together and see how He faithfully answers the prayer of His people. I don't think we really believe that, or we would be consumed, ate up with prayer. These are the words of God. These are the words of Christ. All of the resources of heaven, all of the resources of earth are available to us in prayer. Let me, let me address something that I never heard anybody else really talk about. It says when you pray in His name, when you pray in His will, He's going to answer His prayer. You ever hear anybody say it? They won't say it in church, but they'll say it somewhere else. Well, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. So if I pray in His will, if I pray in His name, and it's about His glory, He'll answer that prayer, that's a cop-out. What if, what if I need this thing to happen and it's not in His will? That's, that's, a, that's an escape clause that God doesn't have to answer. Again, it goes back to what we looked at last week, and I'll just tell you the truth. What do we need to happen? What do I need to happen? What do we need to happen in our homes and in our churches? We need the will of God to be carried out in our homes and in our churches. We need the perfect will of a loving God to be carried out. So that's not a cop-out at all. When we pray in His name, for His glory, and in His will, all the resources of heaven and earth are available to us as His people. Here's a problem I've noticed. A lot of times we talk about prayer. A lot of times we teach and I preach about prayer And then two things happen. We either leave and say, man, I feel bad because I'm not spending enough time praying. Or we leave and we're encouraged and we think, you know what, boy, I need to go and I need to start to pray more. But I notice this. We're talking about prayer. We're reading verses on prayer all to the neglect of stopping and entering into prayer. Today in our men's lunch, understanding what we've just looked at, we're going to spend some time in prayer. Today we're going to pray for men. And we're going to pray for homes, and we're going to pray for our churches today. And knowing the promise of what Jesus has told us, that all the resources of heaven are available to us 
through prayer. We're going to spend some time in prayer. First thing I want to do is I want to ask 